Today we have a very special treat for you. We know that family life is hectic and sometimes it can feel overwhelming. That's why we asked Kate Ford if she could help us out. Kate runs Yogi Birds Yoga, teaching yoga and relaxation to pregnant mums, mothers and babies, kids and teens. For her, it's about getting everyone to take a moment to stop, breathe and relax. The mum of two believes that society doesn't teach children or in fact parents the importance of rest and relaxation, but that it is a vital skill to have in everyday life. And today she is giving us a special taster session for you to sit back and enjoy at the end of this episode. Plus, we have a whole separate relaxation podcast for you to return to whenever you feel the need for a little R&R. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. So let's dive straight into our chat with the lovely Kate. Hi, Kate. It's great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, hi, Zoe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about doing this today. Me too. <laughs> so, so we're going to have a little chat about the benefits and the importance of yoga. And then I think you're going to do a bit of a taster session for us at yeah. the end, which will be lovely. I'm really looking forward to that. Great. So tell me a bit about yoga. What difference does it make to your well-being as a person and that maybe of your children, your family? Um, okay, so for me, yoga has been part of my life for many, many years. Um, and I think the ultimate thing that yoga does and provides for me is a sense of presence. Uh, I think we live so much in the past and in the future. So I think that yoga is this really grounding practice that brings me back to the present moment. I think for this very busy world that we live in and, and kids who are extremely stimulated today. I mean, more goes on than ever before they have to process so much. We all do. I think that yoga is really brings a bit of calmness. It brings you back into your body. We spend so much of our life in our heads. Our bodies just follow us round. It brings you back, uh, brings you into stillness brings you into a relationship with yourself I think in motherhood it's allowed me to tune into this this inner wisdom this inner teacher that we all have but we've become really detached from Uh, so it's really helped me through motherhood because there's lots of advice and lists and to do's and I think that sometimes just being still listening to yourself can can really you know, allow you to do your mothering in the most authentic way for you, as opposed to reaching out all the time. I think for kids, it's a great example to sort of show them how to rest and be still and tune in again, not enough of that in the world. Um, My uh, kids have always seen me practice and as they've got a bit older they're less inclined to practice with me but there's always a mat next to my mat and I often find them breathing and taking a moment and I know that um, yoga has it has a big impact on their lives they've always done it with me I think it's a great thing to do as a family um, and in this very busy world ultimately this sort of oneness of mind and body and stillness it's a great thing to offer in this society. Yeah, we need definitely. it more than ever. 
And now I think I think when we spoke before, you said that we seem to have this this badge of honour with busyness. Absolutely, and, and we don't ever see it as we should get factor in time to rest and relax. It's so important. So isn't I think it? that like the primary value in our society is producing ambition. Like how much can we do, and that starts from you know these primary years, you know, in reception, like how much can you do? And there is very little emphasis put on um, being, just be, you know, just just in, just look up at the sky, you know, watch the clouds, just be in your body. Um, the real simple things connect with nature and, and just be still. And rest is so profound now because you're absolutely right, there's, there's no... Um, there's no value put on rest and it's so important, particularly for our young people, because that's when the magic happens. That's when they develop and their minds get more creative and allowing them time to be still, get curious. So important. And even, you know, for adults, for all of us, we we don't rest enough and rest is something that's I, you know, I learned much later on in life. Um, thankfully, it's a skill and we don't all possess it. And I think to offer uh, that invitation for kids to rest is, is a gift. It is, because that's sometimes where your best ideas come, isn't totally. it? Totally. And, and even the development of them physiologically, it all happens in the rest. Yes. And, and a lot of children today are being stimulated, even in bed. Um, you know, and their brains just don't have time to switch off and do all that lovely magic that, you know, the human mind is wonderful, isn't it? But uh, it's not been given enough time to rest, I think. So how did you first get into yoga and particularly yoga for kids? So um, for me, yoga's been, I truly believe my dad is the original yogi. He He didn't know it and he doesn't put a label on it, but I was sort of raised on a farm, raised in nature. And my dad's got a really holistic approach and my family. So so uh, I started practicing yoga in my early teens. So for me, um, and it's changed and adapted from being very physical to, to now not being as physical. So the journey for yoga with kids happened when my children started school early years. Um, my daughter started early years. It was preschool and then, and then reception. And I became very aware that very, very young kids uh, were be were not being allowed to sort of rest or, or have any sense of well-being. It was all about producing this uh, very structured way of learning, sit still, sit up straight, homework, um, maths, English, these very academic approaches. And, and understandably, that they definitely have value and they need them, but there wasn't enough time uh, for kids to be kids. I feel. And I got very frustrated and I felt like I was constantly complaining that kids need more time outside or they need to move their bodies more. Um, why are they getting sheets of homework sent home? Like, why is it not make a fairy garden? Or, you know, I, 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 be, yeah, I became frustrated with the system, not the teachers, because there are some amazing teachers out there. Um, and I sent lots of letters to the government, uh, you know, and I sent letters to the school and I was spending a lot of time um, being frustrated and I thought it, it felt very negative and I thought, what can I do that's positive? And I thought, I'm going to start sharing yoga with children. I could, knew how much my own kids loved it and I, 
you know, I'm creative and I love children. So I thought that's what I can do. And that's how I started. And I looked for somewhere to do some training. And that that's where my teacher teaching yoga journey began. Didn't realise how <laughs> you never stop learning and you, you want to learn more and more and more. But that that's how it began. So you, you started setting up classes, but then you got you got very ill in 2019. Yeah. So tell us a bit about what happened and then how you you used your your yoga and your meditation to help to heal yourself i got really poorly i i was very fit and well and healthy and literally overnight i ended up in in a&e and i had sepsis it's still a bit of a mystery um as to to what caused the sepsis but it led to very invasive surgery and I ended up on life support machine. I, you know, it was very hanging in the balance my life was. And um, the recovery, I was in hospital for a very long time. Um, things didn't work, multiple organ failures. Um, very poorly, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't even walk or talk or, or even lift a hand. So very quickly, it all, yeah, it was all, my life was flashing in front of me. Um, and, you know, the, the, the whole journey of healing my yoga practice was fundamental and I believe is the reason why I healed incredibly, remarkably. In fact, my consultant did say it was a miracle when she saw me for a checkup. I had to, I spent a long time in hospital. I don't think anybody thought I would recover um, to the extent that I have and I'm perfectly fit and well and healthy now. Um I was sent home from hospital with with bags of medication and very little advice. I'd had um, internal sort of surgery, so a lot of stuff wasn't working inside of me. So I took my yoga practice very internally. Obviously, the physical was out of the equation. So I, it was my meditation practice. It was my rituals. It was my connection to nature. It was the mind, you know, the power of the mind is phenomenal and the human body is phenomenal and I think we don't realise how much power we have in our own healing and I believe I sort of manifested that sense of healing with these rituals and this meditative practice that I'd had. Um, so it was really integral to my healing, my yoga practice. The power of the mind is phenomenal, isn't it, as you say? It's just I think we, we don't tap into that enough what you, you talk about rituals what kind of rituals did you have um so for me it was daily connecting with nature so sunshine and and in the winter it was was actually the winter when I came out of hospital but any snippets of sunshine you know I'd be in my blankets and outside um feet on the earth um always trying to be nature as much as possible in the mornings Every single morning, breath work. Breath work was massively important for my healing because I had abdominal surgery. Um, so not only does it tell your body that you're safe and we're all okay, I mean, the breath is magic and there's wonderful research to, to back all of this up now. So my breath work, which puts your body into a really, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system, um, which really invites healing you know because you're not in that stress situation that your body you know that's the control that that's the control that your breath and your mind have um 
spending time with people, resting, rest, rest, rest. This stuff, um, this was my practice every day and the simple things, things that I had control over. And then it was, it was food, you know, like, you know, food is medicine, I believe. And, and I, I knew a lot about nutrition and I learned even more because my intestines stopped working and I had to really heal myself. And, and, and they say your tummy is your first brain now. And so lots of stuff made in your tummy. So I spent a long time feeding myself very well, being in nature, using my breath. This, this was this was the fundamentals, yeah. And that was such a big thing to go through. I mean, that must have changed your outlook on life. Yes. Um, so my husband said to me, you know, you were fierce before this happened. And, <laughs> you know, you, you always knew how to use your voice. But afterwards, you know, there was a, you know, it was like another layer had sort of come off. And I feel that there's this sense of, of strength and, and bravery and, and real... I don't know, kind of awareness of how powerful you you are, you know, that if you listen inside, like the inside world is is far more rich than the outside world. And getting to know that and getting to know your strength and and your power, like I think, yeah, can really elevate you in life in terms of like you can share your healing with people and you you can I think we we live in a society where we give our power away quite a lot and uh, we're always looking to be told what to do and you know our governments and the people that be like to sort of have us like that really and I think that I kind of stepped away from everyone and everything and tapped into my deep intuition and it's given me great strength and a real a real emphasis to be in the moment so much more like you don't know what's coming tomorrow. No, that's true. Yeah. So you 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 got better, thank yes, goodness. Yes, I did. And then we went into COVID, so yes. you couldn't start up your classes. No. So tell me a bit about, obviously we've got through that now and you're doing classes. What, mm-hmm. what, what happens in a, a yoga class for kids and how is that different to a yoga class for maybe... Um, pregnant women or, or or adults? So the children's classes are very creative. They're, they're, they're slightly more fast-paced, certainly initially, and we kind of get a lot more curious, maybe physically. You know, we really try to... I really try, try to tap into the funness within a children's yoga class, but they all kind of follow the same... Um, that we I try to put the same things in which is you know that initial grounding we always do breath work we move our bodies um, we do some internal sort of questioning and we always finish with rest and in fact even the the you know the the highest energy children whose parents say they will never rest they come to really love that everybody that comes to any of my classes their favorite bit is the rest um but we really try to work on, I try to work on them building a relationship with themselves from a really young age. It's not encouraged within our school system that you've got this inner wisdom, this deep knowing inside of you and you're here for a reason. And we try to celebrate like their uniqueness. So, you know, there's no wrong or right and there's it's non-competitive. Um, 
they don't have to do anything they don't want to. They can make choices. They can get curious. Um, we, you know, we, we try to bring in the physical elements with storytelling and they can all add to that. Those that want to and those that don't can just enjoy, uh, you know, watching it and taking part in whatever they want. Um, I feel like everyone's welcome. It's not like, oh, they can't come or they can't join because you can't do this and you can't do that. Everybody's welcome. It's this open um, session where people, these kids get to be totally just be as they are and I don't want anything from them of and I, I guide them inside so that they can start to celebrate themselves and, and it's lovely to be able to offer that to children. What a gift to have yeah. as a child to take that through your life that's just so beneficial. Yeah it's like planting little seeds mm. um, with the kids you, you know these little messages when you try to you encourage them to look for their strengths and their and what you're doing is, and we do mindful activities and stuff, and you, you're planting these little seeds that that will grow as they get older. So I think that it's not like a test or an exam or what do you know, or, or it's like you plant these seeds and you hope that they bloom and they will if you give them time and space and rest. And then they'll be able to make those connections themselves. And that's where it's come from. Yeah. It's growing from there. So what age kids do you normally teach? Um, so I start, I mean, I do lots of different classes for different ages. Um, generally in my workshops, we'll, we'll do sort of age five to eight and then from age nine to 11. And then I do teen classes and the, a specific girls teen class. I, I hold I hold that class regularly. Uh, my other younger classes tend to be workshops now, um, but the girls uh, the teenagers, probably 13 to 15 now. We, you know, we can go all depending on who, who wants to join, but that's a really important space to hold, I believe. And what do you do with the teenagers? Um, so really, again, the biggest emphasis is on rest. They are so stressed out. The Our curriculum, again, um, it's almost like it, it wants to pummel everything out of them. Like they've... They work incredibly hard. They have incredible amounts of homework. I can't believe it. I can't believe how much academia sort of work is pressed onto them. And there's no um, awareness within schools, within our systems of even of like seasons and cycles, you know, that oh, it's autumn and, you know, these children need to rest at times. And maybe we think about giving them less homework then and, you know, um, I think that I try to really promote an awareness that we are not made to bloom all the time, just like the trees, you know, we, they rest for six months of the year. Like you cannot produce to your highest continually, you know, coming back to that value in this society that the more you produce, the better you are. So I really try to say, you come to this class as you are. I don't want anything from you. You just be, there's nowhere to go. There is nothing to do. No one to please just for now. Um, so I offer this space, again, guide them inwards and, and look at the things that they like about themselves, try to maybe change some of the vocabulary that they use. I'm like, you know how you talk to your best friend, remember to talk to yourself like this. There's a lot of um, 
stuff that they're dealing with within friendships, social media has a huge impact on their confidence, on their um, mental health, that there is absolutely an epidemic of um, mental health issues within our teens. These classes are hugely important to, to sort of um, offer... I guess, an antidote to the demands of society and our curriculum on these girls. It's, um, you know, it's, I do this for girls, at this exclusive space. I think that it's really important for them. Their bodies are changing in a different way to boys. I think boys need the space as well. Very important. They're like, I really think that they're circles. They get a chance to sort of talk, um, connect, um, maybe offload stuff that they would never say to anybody else. Um, and... I really, um, I'm grateful for that space and, and I I hope I can be that person in their lives that they feel um, can support them and really, you know, champion their uniqueness and their, just them to be, just being them. Uh, they spend a lot of time trying to please everybody. You know, that's a lot of us in society. So these spaces, um, I hope the girls leave after a class again feeling much lighter, feeling more grounded, feeling happier within themselves, more confident uh, and more resilient to face the demands of the outside world. Sounds brilliant. And we always have tea. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your mother and baby sessions. Um, so my mother and baby sessions are, they're so important in today's society again. Mums need mums. You know, that whole village, um, it doesn't exist very much today. And I think if you have it, then it's rare. So that's what I want to create in my classes. It's really about community. Um, I want to create a space, or I do create a space for the mums. And in each yoga as well, that they're not standing on their head and balancing on one leg sometimes we get to do physical work and and when we do that's lovely and sometimes they rest and they feed and they drink hot tea and they close their eyes and they maybe speak about their weeks and talk about how tired they are and and that's that's yoga as well it's sharing it's you know it's like a great big hug I hope people come in and they spend a couple of hours there and when they leave they feel lighter and you know that they're doing that they're doing a great job and I think sometimes when they come in there, they're weighed down by not only the physical lack of sleep and tiredness, but by all that they're doing wrong and that they're not as good as the next person. There's so much, um, you know, comparing and, you know, comparison just steals your joy. So again, I try to make them journey inwards, you know, turn the gaze inside and look at all they are doing and, and really revel in... Um, the reverence of that they've made this baby and they lie with it and I hope that I bring them into the present moment while they're in the session you know that there's nowhere to go there's nothing to do just be as you are with your babies and you know revel in the magic of your life and what you're doing and you're keeping these babies alive you've grown them under your hearts for nine months and just sit and think about that as opposed to such and such is doing it better than me or I haven't done my to-do list and, you know, my body's not the same as it used to be. They, we can get lost in our stories and lost in what we haven't done and what we should do. It's like just be. And, and um, 
that's what the classes are. And these the women make wonderful friendships and they spend time outside of the classes. They go on to, you know, these, these friendships can last a lifetime and, and they're, they're each other's support network. A lot of a lot of people don't live next to families anymore. You know, it's how we live. We move cities, we move countries and they kind of, you know, we create this little family and we really champion each other and celebrate the little milestones. I yeah. love that. Yes. Because that time, it, at, the, at the time, it feels as though it's never going to end and your child's never going to sleep through the night and you're never going to be able to wash your hair or have a hot cup of tea. But it's, so, so, it's over so quickly, isn't it? That Absolutely. time is so precious. <clears throat> So to be in the moment and be present with it, that is such a lovely thing to to actually stop and give yourself the time to think that. Yeah, and I feel like the babies get used to it mm. and they kind of get used to the cues and they sense mum, you know, relax her shoulders. And they start to know that, relax, you know, the, the, the part for relaxation and rest is coming up. And it's so lovely to have a room full of mums and babies you know, resting with blankets and a hot cup of tea. And I just think that is magic today. It is. <laughs> I took my children to baby yoga and it's incredible. The babies arrive and they're fretful and yeah. then it, it just all goes calm and quiet. They all pick up on it, don't they? Yeah, they do. Like energy is, is so powerful. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah. So, and what about pregnancy yoga? Yeah, pregnancy yoga, again, I'm deeply passionate about it. Um, I mean, it has been in the media quite a lot lately. You know, the maternity services are suffering right now. And um, a bit like all of our services, there's there's not enough staff and lots of people overworked. Um, and I think, again, it's massively about community. So it's women supporting women. Um, maybe they don't get the deep one-to-one care with midwives and, and they feel like they're they're not doing things right or they don't quite know what to do and they don't have families around them and they create a little family in the groups so there's lots of talking and I encourage that that's the yoga as well we share community collective um, and always offering deep relaxation and connection and they I think that's what they come for, you know, and hot cup of tea at the end. Of course, we always share tea and we always have space for talking. It's really important for, for women who are growing life, you know, this magical, beautiful, like special time of life. Um, again, for them to stop being the moment, you know, again, tune inwards. They've got a life inside of them. So it's like welcoming them home to their space inside and, and hopefully creating precious memories and building strength, inner strength with themselves and baby for the journey ahead because they have to, you know, labour and deliver their baby into the world. And then those early months of motherhood you know, that next trimester that no one talks about, the fourth trimester, although that can only be three trimesters, but you know what I mean. Mm, yeah. That time when, you know, hopefully they build this relationship with themselves and then they realise how important rest is afterwards. And, and again, this busy thing, they realise that that's not the most important thing. And I can feel your passion yeah. about it. It's wonderful. So um, I can't wait for us to have a little taster session ourselves. Right. We have three questions that we always ask our guests. So I'm going to ask them of you now, if that's okay. Yeah. So what would be the two things you would tell your 18-year-old self if you had the chance? 
Um, so I think I would absolutely say like follow your heart. We get so stuck on doing what we think we should do. So people, uh, there's a big, em- I, I, I do get go on a bit about this. There's a big emphasis on academic and passing exams and, you know, being, um, you know, that's that's your ticket to success and that makes you successful. But I wish that, you know, that we're all born for different reasons and we've all really got a purpose. And I think follow your dream and, and tune into what your heart's saying as opposed to what everyone else is saying on the outside. So I was always very creative and, and probably if I'd have done that a bit earlier on, I would have maybe gone down the spiritual creative path a bit earlier. Um, I would say that. And also I think that maybe caring... Um, a little less about what other people say or other people think I think that would that's great to share with young people I I wished you know I'm a people pleaser and I think that I wished I'd have maybe cared less and cared more about the words and the language I was using to myself you know that kindness um, that self-awareness so what are three things that you love to do every day? What gives you a great start and end to the day? Maybe a good routine or habit? Okay, so every morning I get up early and I go outside. And I did, I've done this for a long time. Now, this was really um, integral in my in my healing as well. And I, I suppose it's that ritual. I think rituals are great in life and they're really great for grounding you and, and great for your mental health. And I get up, I go outside, regardless of the weather, and bare feet. And I always put my feet on the earth just to feel that sense of connection. Um, And I try and do some sense of gratitude practice. And some days that is not easy because I'm grumpy, as we all are. And, you know, some days, you know, I might feel not very grateful for very much, but I do always do it. And it does change. Um, And then I always take a hot drink. Um, sit outside and breathe and meditate every single day and that might be for one minute that day because the kids are in need or I've got up a bit late or and some days I might get 20 minutes but it's a non non non-negotiable like that's what I do I suppose it's bedtime kids bedtime um one-to-one with my kids I like to always get that into the day and that generally happens around mid. Uh, around night time and just those few moments of connection and time I think they're the most important thing we we can give our kids and us you know so just to get that connection with the kids so I'm really yeah that's another ritual I suppose every single day um I will spend at least five well probably probably 20 minutes each they never let me go (laughs) with the kids in their bedrooms chatting about their day and so what would be your advice to, say, a mom or dad who would like to do yoga with their kids at home? Obviously, the idea would be to take them to a class like yours, but say they aren't able to do that. Mm-hmm. What are some mindfulness or meditation tips that they could just easily do together? So, I mean, there, there really aren't that many classes around and you can absolutely do lots of lovely practices at home. Um for me, we quite often, we'll do legs up the wall. So, you know, if you've had a really hard day, like, or everyone's a bit stressed, if you're just lying on the floor and putting your, you can do it in a bed as well, put your legs up the wall. It is a yoga pose, but it's, it, it's like really calming and, you know, it kind of circulates the blood around the body. It's very good for you, but 
but just, you know, you lie there, connect, breathe. It's a lovely practice to do. There's loads of wonderful stuff out there now. Um, there's lots of apps. Uh, you can take a yoga nidra together, guided, that you can get free. I do that with my children quite a bit. And what is that? So yoga nidra is, it's it's basically a restful practice. It's where you guide people, you're aware, um, but you guide them into a deep sense of, of rest. It's like that liminal space between um, awake and asleep. I think connection with kids, yoga is connection. It's being in the present moment, connecting with yourself and, and your body. I think little bits of massage or or even breathing together. If my children have been disagreeing, I'll get them to sit back to back and breathe. It's a lovely thing to do with parents and children. It brings you into the present moment. Um there are some wonderful yoga cards out there and they're great fun to get out mm-hmm. um, with the kids. You can have fun, yo- uh, partner yoga. and So that's really more of the physical element, but lots of elements of yoga and lots of wonderful resources out there now that are for free, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, well, thank you so much. You've given us so much, so many ideas. That's wonderful. So now for the moment that I've been waiting for. <laughs> so... Um, so, Kate, you're going to guide us on a little a little journey, a little meditation. Yeah. So something that we can try with our kids at home. Yeah. I love that sure. idea. So yeah. let's go for it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we're going to go on. It's like a mindful inquiry. So this is a practice. It's a mindfulness practice that kind of brings you into the moment and it grounds you. Uh, very calming for your nervous system. A little journey with our senses. Everything that I say here, it's just an invitation. We're just noticing there's no wrong or right way to do it. Tune into what you can, take what you can, don't don't overthink it. Uh, It's all just welcoming, inviting. So maybe to just kind of arrive into the moment and to just allow our bodies or, or make our bodies aware that we're coming into a practice we can maybe take our arms and stretch them up high above our heads. Have a really big stretch out. Take a big yawn. And maybe we take a big deep inhale as if we could like breathe the whole body full. And then as you exhale, maybe really sigh out that breath. Allow for your shoulders to drop. Feel your feet on the earth, whatever they're on. Just allow your body to ground into this present moment. So I invite you to relax your face. So just soften the muscles of your face. Soften your jaw. Just bring some awareness into the breath coming in through the body. And then just noticing the breath leave the body. And as I said, we're going to have a little journey with our senses. So I'm going to invite you to bring some awareness to your eyes right now. And I just want you to notice maybe three objects that's in front of you or around you and just take a few moments um, to maybe look a little closer at these objects so you might have seen them a hundred times before but with some mindful awareness just looking at the object 
a little bit more. The shape, the colour, the detail, maybe something that you've not noticed before. So moving on to another object maybe and just noticing that. So bringing your complete awareness into this object and this sense of sight. Then we maybe invite some awareness to our ears. Imagining that your awareness is around your ears, underneath your ears, inside your ears. Really sensing into your ear. And now tuning into the sense of sound. So inviting sounds from far away or near. Sounds in your body, in the room, outside. Tune into what you can hear right now, taking a few moments. And then maybe we bring our awareness to our nose. Maybe noticing the breath coming in through our nostrils. And maybe the exhale coming out of our nostrils or out through the mouth. Bringing some awareness to this nose and to the sense of smell. So what can you smell? Around you? Maybe on you? Really tuning in to really detail of what can you smell. And maybe if you can pick up two or three different smells. It might be your washing powder or a smell that's in the room. And now bringing your awareness into the mouth. Imagining you can bring awareness into your tongue, your teeth. You can feel the insides of your cheeks, allowing for the space to be soft, the lips to be soft. And just tuning into those taste buds, the sense of taste. Maybe take a swallow. And maybe you haven't just eaten or it's been a while, but really tune in. Are there any tastes in that mouth? Maybe it's what you had for breakfast or, you know, maybe you can even taste what you can smell. Just tuning into your taste. A few moments. And they can be very, very subtle tastes. And now we're going to bring our awareness, the sense of touch, but we're going to go with feel because we don't want to 
use our body to to outreach or to touch anything. So we're going to go with this sense of feeling. So tuning in to some sense of feeling just for a few moments, like maybe it's how you feel inside. Maybe that you're feeling relaxed or your mind is being curious. Like, how do you feel? Maybe you're feeling some item of clothing on you. You can feel some jewellery. Maybe you're feeling what's underneath your feet or you're sitting on something. few moments to tune into that sense of feel. So maybe now just bringing our awareness to this whole body, these eyes that might be closed down now, his ears, the sense of hearing, the sense of smell, the sense of taste, the sense of feeling, this whole body. And maybe just, you know, kind of taking this inquiry, this mindful inquiry around your body, like how do you feel right now? What's coming up? Just noticing. Having spent a few moments to just be in our bodies, in our space, in the present moment. What sensations are arising for you now? And then I invite you to take a big Deep inhale through the nose, filling up that entire body, down into the belly. And then as you exhale, maybe sigh that breath out. Maybe you take a big yawn and you roll your shoulders up and round. Maybe you can bring the palms of your hands together, create a little bit of heat. And maybe just place those palms of the hands over your face, cup them over your eyes, just feel a little bit of connection, awareness back into the room after that mindful practice. So just finishing up there, how do you feel Zoe? Oh that's so relaxed, that's really powerful. <laughs> so it can just sometimes just a few moments just to guide, be guided away from sort of stimulation and and into sort of more of a restful state of being. So it's really, um, these mindfulness practices can can often really change your state of being. Thank you very much. That was wonderful. If you've enjoyed this taster session, which I know I have, then check out our full relaxation episode with Kate too. We've recorded it as a separate podcast so that you can return to it whenever you feel like a bit of headspace just for you. Kate runs Yogi Birds yoga classes in Birmingham and hosts workshops in schools too. Find out more about Kate on the Birmingham Live website, the Birmingham Mummies Facebook and Instagram pages and by searching for Yogi Birds Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. Brummy Mummies is a laudable production, produced by Matt Millard. 
You can download or stream new episodes every fortnight on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple. And you'll find lots more wellbeing tips and ideas in our other episodes. So be sure to subscribe and tell your friends about them too. You can follow Brummy Mummies on social media and sign up to our free newsletter. See you next time.